everyone, my name is Carson and I'm so glad that you hit play on this episode. Overflow Unplugged is where we have helpful conversations around the real questions that 18 to 25 year olds are asking. And on this episode, Jake, Jenna, Anna Claire and I have a conversation about how we can navigate the holiday season really, really well. Because we know that for some of you, it's a time of celebration and fun with your family. And for some of you, it's a, it's a time of stress and tension and potentially isolation. And we want to encourage everyone right where they are to grow closer to God over the course of the holiday season. And that might be a challenge, but we want to equip you with some really clear steps that you can do along the way. A couple things before we jump into our conversation. One is make sure you share the episode. Uh, Maybe put it on your Instagram. Maybe we'll repost you if we see something. Uh, We would love to get this episode and this content uh, to your friends and to your family to help them this holiday season. And two, make sure you follow us on Instagram because we're doing the 12 days of Christmas leading up to Christmas Day. Lots of really fun content coming your way. We do not want you to miss out on. So uh, I'm excited for the conversation today. Grab your Bible, grab your notes, and we're going to jump in uh, with Jake, Anna Claire, and Jenna. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Let's my go over Merry Christmas. It's Christmas break. It is Christmas break. And yeah. it's if you're listening to it in time, it's the third day of the 12 day of day Christmas of Christmas challenge. Wow. Come on. It's exciting. That's some good stuff. Let's go. How pumped on a level on a level of one to ten are you guys for Christmas? Mm. I'd say a solid seven. A Ooh. solid seven. Yeah. That's yeah. a little bleak for the <laughs> wow. proximity we well, are to the all of All of my family right. is not going to be here in town. So mm. okay. I love Christmas, but it's going to be a little sad. So okay. that's why it's like a solid seven or else okay. it would have been a 10. So mm. I love that. What about you, Thanks. Jenna? I would say uh, maybe 8.89, getting up there to the 10. Getting up there to the <laughs> yeah. 10. It's working its way. It's working its way. I feel like you love Christmas more than anybody in this office. I do love me some Christmas. Yeah. I've been celebrating for a couple months at this point, though. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know. Mm. Your energy might be getting ready to wane. Look, I'm also the type of person that as soon as it hits um, the 26, it's no longer Christmas. And I actually Interesting. Get if there's Christmas things talked about after. Yeah. Wow, that's not me. That's not me. Oh. Jake, how are you feeling for Christmas? Dude, I'm feeling good. I'm about a six. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't go Christmas tree shopping this year. Aww. So it was kind of tough. I think it's taken me a little bit longer to get into the, the holly jolly spirit. but The holly jolly. <laughs> uh, so do you have a Christmas tree in your house? No. No. No, no but Christmas at my tree. parents' house, they do. They bought a fake tree for the first time this year. And it's really upsetting. That's how you know you're getting old. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Oh, gosh. Don't say that. No, like we're getting old. (laughs) getting old. Wait a second. Do you have any Christmas decorations in your house here? No. Not even a candy cane. That actually Uh is the definition of being a a Scrooge. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just right. not quite there yet. So. Grinch it is. We were not I'll quite there yet. We're a few great minds away. think alike. I'll be there Bail. soon. I'll be there soon, though. Soon. Yeah. You might want to get you with it. You have literally like a little yeah. over a week. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll be there. All right. Yeah. Be nine. We expect photos. We expect photos. All right. Well, to help us get into the holly jolly spirit, Jake, mm-hmm. uh, Let's Amen. talk about what was something as a kid that you wanted very badly for Christmas. Maybe you got it. Maybe you didn't get mm-hmm. it. But 
the kind of gift that you would come down the stairs of your house or you would walk out in your room, out of your room if you're on a single level house. And you were like, I'm hoping yeah. that this is underneath the tree. What would that be? Um, you may or may not know that I have a small fixation with Diet Coke. Mm. Um, so this no. has been a thing. For a long time. Okay. No. So I, um, you know, probably back in 08, around that time, I got a Bed Bath & Beyond um, little magazine. Okay. And I flipped her open. And you know how when you wanted stuff, you'd circle them? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Flipped open to a page and it had a device called a soda stream. Oh, no. Dude. Have you Those heard of Those were the this? best. Ah, uh, yeah. They Can't basically, relate. basically Can't. you get the syrup for like a, a drink. They have like root beer, <clears throat> cola, <clears throat> all the different types. And then you get the device that carbonates the water and you okay. make so your own soda. That probably was on the tip top of my list for half a decade, honestly. It was. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Jenna. Never got it. Never got it. Never got it. Well, still to this day, you've never gotten one. Do they still make those? Yes, sure they do. do. Send can, me a link. I go to Target and I walk past it and I like mourn a little bit. Maddie's going to Target it. today. I'll have her pick <laughs> you one up. Absolutely not. No. 100%. <laughs> They're yeah. expensive to pay like for like the bucks. carbonation. Uh, carbonation is apparently like expensive. Bubbles. $10 per syrup bottle. Yeah. And how long would that last? Not very long. I days. Do a lot of diet coke. <laughs> Would it be cheaper than buying the amount of diet coke that no. you buy? Probably not. Probably. Not. Well, you're you're a part of the sip and save club, so nothing beats that. Not this month. Not this month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cut and back. It's gonna be a rough one. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Why'd you cancel your subscription? It's a monthly subscription. You have to re Christmas cuts, redo man. it, man. Christmas, Christmas cuts. cuts. That three dollars and forty-seven cents. Five ninety-nine. Okay, Jay. What about you? You said you wanted to go last, but here you are. <laughs> oh, I, got, I got a couple of them, maybe. Okay. okay. Am I? Um, okay. One Christmas, I wanted a razor scooter really bad. Did you get it? Uh, I did. I did get the Razor scooter, Success. and I was outside, and you know, like I'm an only child, so like. I'll, you know, my One parents. My, par <laughs> my parents are in the in the yard watching me, and I'm flying on my razor scooter. You know, all the way back. Okay. Uh, and oh, this is a powered razor scooter. Yes. yes. Oh, powered. electric. We just. Oh. Like, I was picturing like the little rinky dink metal one. Sorry, electric. <laughs> electric before birds came out. You know. Mm. Anyways, I'm going right, and then I don't know why, I just stepped off. I'm going full speed. I stepped off. <laughs> And I'm dragging behind it, knees cut up, and then I flew into a ditch. Jay, <sighs> that took a turn real quick. Was it? I was not expecting that. I don't know That's what good. happened. I don't know why. I just stepped off. You were stepping out in faith. Right. <sighs> stepping out into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> flew yeah. into a ditch. Anyway, so... I'm sorry, Merry buddy. Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're not as holly and jolly this year. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I remember I whenever like iPods came out, that was like Ooh. the one thing that I wanted because it was just like <laughs> I mean, iPods were pretty sick. That's AC, man. That makes <laughs> hey, sense. Hey. Um, and I like was so excited about it. And when I like want something, I'm like pretty like set. Hey, like this is what I want. Yeah. Like every day until Christmas wow. for like a few months. So I was like, my parents know what I want. Like, that's just it. 
get down Christmas. I'm like opening my presents. I have a lot of siblings, so I'm just sitting there watching them open their presents. And we go from oldest to youngest. So mm-hmm. I go kind of towards the back end. And I was just sitting there. I opened every single one. I was like feeling the ones that were shaped like oh, an iPhone. No. Was not there. So I threw a little bit of a fit when I got through all of my presents. I was pretty upset, kind of needed to sit in my room for a little bit mm. to, you know, cool down. Um, and I was just pouting all day. And we also, my mom does stockings and she like fills them to the brim with like just candy and like random things. And I like didn't even want to open it because I was like so upset that I didn't get an iPod. I was like, wow. no, like I don't even want what's in here because I didn't get it. Mm. I know what's coming. Yeah. Was it was in the stocking. Sadly, I couldn't wait any longer. I got to the bottom of that stocking oh. three days later, and my iPod was <gasps> three sitting days in the later. Dude, they yeah. just let you sit on Humility. it. They did. Humility. They were like, oh, "All right, you That's don't have to open parenting. it." And then one day, I was that like, is good "I was like, I need some candy." So I went through. Dude, shout down in the bottom, AC's right in the little parents. socks part. I iPod. Wow. So, wow. And then I came down, and I was like, "What do you Thanks. feel like you learned?" <laughs> What do you feel like you learned? Oh my gosh. That I am just. Need Don't to be a be turn humble. on Christmas. <laughs> wow. There's the summary. You don't of the get podcast. what you want, then sorry. That's it. Come on. So I got, got what I wanted. I was just a little proud about it, but mm-hmm. it's okay. We've, We've moved past it. We've, We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my thing oh, was I, I wanted a boat. Oh, that's when, like a real one. Or was a that one? in your stocking? When you were kept a kid? thinking my parents were going to surprise me with a boat. And Big hope. this is Big how dreams. naive I was. I thought that it was just an age thing. That it was just a, they just don't think that I'm old enough. Not, it was never crossed my mind. I was asking for too much. Wow. <laughs> like it was just, I'm going to come down one day. I knew how they were going to do it. I was going to open up a box. There's going to be a key in the box. And then they were going to be like, walk outside to see what it was. And then I'd walk outside and around the corner of our house would be sitting a 20 foot Jones brothers ready to go wow. to the water. Mm-hmm. And it, it never happened. So I got tired of waiting when I was you know, 11 years old and I started saving. <laughs> That's great, though. <laughs> Took matters now, into my own hands. Now you have a boat. Yep. There you go. Wow. But it, did, is it, it was not. Brothers? It is. Wow. It was not a Christmas gift, though. It's a 20 foot? And by, it is 20 foot. Whoa. It <laughs> <laughs> happened. Yeah. Anyway, so. That's incredible. But I remember I would be so bummed, but I didn't want anybody to know that I was sad because I didn't want to be that. An know. avocado. You didn't want to be me. <laughs> that, I, Hold on. You didn't want to be me complaining I, and crying. It's fine. <laughs> tough. I didn't want At to At least be. I got my iPod. You didn't get it. Uh, 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 so, he did. So. He just bought it himself. Yeah, but she didn't have to pay for the yeah, iPod. I didn't have to pay for I the had iPod. to pay for the boat. Back then it was probably like yeah, $100. You it took you me a couple crazy. years too. You learned that's more. What, the boat? Wait, what? You could play your iPod on my boat if you still have your iPod. That thing's Wait, long what gone. kind? Was it like an iPod Nano? iPod, iPod Touch. Oh, okay. okay. Got a purple case on it? It was great. I was so excited oh. when I got the iPod Nano and it clipped to your jeans. Yes. I clipped Whoa, it in my I hair. Pink one. That, Anyways. Jenna was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. Did you also back. have a phone um, case that was day. on your hip? I had one. Hmm. I didn't use it, okay? But yes, <laughs> yeah, right. it did play Nickelback. I mean, I had Nickelback and I had a Blackberry on my hip. Yep, moving on. Wait, uh, I love that. That's awesome, bro. Dude, on your hip, <laughs> I got a type two on the Blackberry. I was, I bet you could. I was good. Speed your middle name. Speed my middle name. Uh, well, the point of the episode today was to have a conversation about how to navigate the holidays well. Yeah. Uh, because what we know is attention for a lot of you who are listening is 
that when you find yourself in between 18 and 25, kind of around that age range, going home for Christmas or at minimum re-entering back into a rhythm of life that you have not lived within since before you moved out or you moved to college mm-hmm. or your life kind of changed to be what it is now can be an incredibly difficult thing yeah. uh, because of a couple of different reasons. One, you know, you enter back into being really, really proximate with your family. Maybe you're proximate to kind of old habits or old friend groups that pr- bring up different kind of patterns that you've worked hard to let go of. Uh, maybe it's actually the opposite of proximate. Maybe you kind of move back into feeling isolated because you, yeah. you leave your community, you leave where you have, you know, found a lot of comfort and a lot of life over the past, you know, however long you've been in the season that you're in yeah. at minimum several months, right? Like if you, especially thinking about a freshman in college, they came to college a couple months ago, they had to figure out their life without their parents and they had to figure out how to bridle and manage and steward this new freedom that Mm -hmm. college brings. And now you like get kind of plunked back into this system that you left and a lot of different tensions come up there. So we want to have a conversation about some of those tensions. What is that like? Uh, Because I think it helps to kind of verbalize one is though. Some of those feelings are perfectly normal and you are far from the only person feeling it. Uh, But two, like, what are three big things that we can encourage you to do throughout the holidays? One, to value your walk with Jesus uh, and to value the people that you interact with in the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a really, really complicated thing. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for our conversation. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really helpful to me because it still applies to me. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm 26. I'm not that far removed. And this is my first year with a baby. Which is really Come exciting. She's six months old, by the way, which is you! crazy. Half birthday. Crazy to believe. A couple of days ago. Anyway, what comes to y'all's mind as you think about that transition for our people back home for the holidays? Yeah, I think both isolation and, and proximity are very common. I know when I was like first going back to school, back to school, back home after being at school, uh, it was a huge jump. Um and even more so after following Jesus yeah. and being in like a consistent community. Um, I think going home was a huge, It maybe not the right wording, but it felt like a culture shock um, because mm-hmm. we're so like immersed in like a very specific culture uh, here at college and then here at Overflow and in Wilmington, um, which is, is very different when you like go back home and it feels even weirder too um, because it's a culture you used to be accustomed to so it's like okay how do I navigate um like a a new and a new environment that um I had a a completely different set of like a a completely different way that I handled it before if that makes sense sure so it's like how do I navigate a new reality in a new way when I have old patterns and habits yeah. of that place. So yeah. it's, it's weird. It is complicated yeah. and it's complex, but yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is weird. I, I think for me, I got a little bit lucky whenever I um, started going home from like probably like freshman to sophomore year. Uh, I had a roommate that was like from my uh, hometown. And so we like traveled together home and we would spend time with our families, but that, that was the person that like we hung out with. Mm. Uh, and he was someone that was like going to overflow with me and like learning a lot about like what it looked like to follow Jesus. Uh, so home, uh, then looks a lot different than like home now does. Uh, and during that time period, it was, it was in this weird place where, um, I did have like friends from back home 
uh, when I was in high school. Uh, but when I like moved away, I like a lot of like even you guys know, like I'm not great at keeping up over text anyway. So uh, it's like hard for me just to like call and text. And so I like lost a lot of friends from back home. And so um, when me and this friend kind of like stopped hanging out a whole lot, I remember coming back like junior year and it was like completely different. I was like, I felt alone. Like I, I felt like I didn't have any friends, um, but I was like, okay, well, this is going to be like a great time for me to spend just like solitude time with my family like how can i like spend time with my family uh and then as that just probably became more difficult and weird as i've gotten older now it's like changed into something different so i think like as i've kind of like walked through my time being at home or going back home uh it is it's just com it's always changing, always changing it's yeah. always changing yeah and okay what's it been like for you because home has always been in the town that you have like been in for the most part right yeah um i think so going home is obviously very different because i am constantly seeing my family right. um i think the hardest part because we have like a lot of the same beliefs like there's not really a lot of like family tension um but i think me living i don't live with them i live in my own house um and just like learning my like everyday schedule and yeah. like the way that I do things and like the way that I interact with people that I live with and like the way that I just spend my day to day mm -hmm. and my time, I think changed a lot when I moved out. And then I feel like placing yourself back in a mm -hmm. home with your family um, in that yeah. proximity is taking your schedule in the way that you like normally would spend your day to day and then putting it with people that spend their day to day very differently. Like my parents still have my youngest sister there. Like they're still parenting, like she's still there. And mm -hmm. like, I think taking all of your like schedules and your, just the way that you do your day into back into your family's home. I feel like it just being so close together, it just can cause tension a lot of the times because of just like different ways of doing your day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like handling that, it's like, oh, okay. I'm not the only one that wakes up early and needs to use the bathroom and use the shower and everything. Like I now need to share with people and yeah. it's just a whole yeah. new way of, and it's only for a few weeks, but it is, sure. it's hard to like adjust and then kind readjust. of get back into that. Mm. Yeah, I, I also, I, that's really interesting. Uh, like when I go home though, Cause right now, like I live with three other guys and there's like one bathroom. So when you talk about like sharing things and stuff and like, I think about my posture whenever I'm like here at the, in Wilmington and like at my house currently when there's like a dish or something like in the, in the sink, I'm like, dude, I'll like, I'll just wash it. Like yeah. it's not that big a deal. Or like if the bathroom's a little dirty, it's like, all right, I'll like clean up a little bit. Like it's not that big a deal. When I get home, my <laughs> posture completely changes. I'm yeah. like, I ain't doing your dishes. I'm not cleaning their dishes. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm not Who do you think yeah, you are? Sweep the floor. It's not what like you, you burnt me. <laughs> but that is so interesting that like, that's my mindset uh, where it's like when I, I'm here and then like when I go home, it's like so different. When mm. I'm here, I'll, I'll tidy up my stuff and like keep like our stuff, our house is like clean. And that's the way that I'm like serving my roommates also. Whenever like I'm at home, it's like, dude, I'm chilling, you know, like <laughs> it's a two week vacation. <laughs> Baby, you yeah. know? So it, it, it's just like, what, what am I doing? Like, do what's, what's going on there? Do your parents do your laundry when you're at home? No, they do not. No, 
I promise they don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay if they do. No, it's okay if they do. They don't. They don't. They don't. The only, we're gonna, we're gonna send this to your mom. One of the reasons why is because when I leave for home, a lot of times I have to take the clothes out of my dirty laundry and put them in a bag, <laughs> and then as soon as I get to Washington, I just throw them in the washer because I don't have Something. any other clothes. <laughs> Jenna, <Damn laughs> sorry. <laughs> I Gross. think we need to like put a pin in the thing, like the big thing though, because that's good. Yeah. Whenever we go <laughs> really home, bless me. What we I just go said, home really and, and like your whole like idea changes of like based off of the culture that you move back yeah. into, it like changes. You like go back mm-hmm. into like your mm-hmm. your little kid. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do it's you think, interesting. Do you think that's healthy? No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, why Why would I not want to serve my parents the same way that I get to, like, serve my, like, friends, you know? Yeah. But what and would you roommates. say to the person who's saying, I, I need to rest. I've had a long and hard semester, and oh. I, I want to go home and just disconnect from reality. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a difference between resting and just doing, like, what you need to 100%. do. 100%. Like, yeah. getting up and doing the dishes is not really going to take, like that much out of you but Dude. and there's yeah. other ways but, that you can rest but what's on the other side of that opportunity though like how how much how loved are your parents gonna feel when you oh, come yeah. home for sure and you decide to serve them on what is your you okay over there but like we do have an opportunity that, yeah. and that's why i like kind of ask that, that question in the way yeah. that i'm asking it is this wasn't a planned part of the conversation, but I, yeah. I do think that that is for free, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we could go home and choose to serve our parents, yeah, to serve our family. Yeah. But think about how dis- we talked about the distinctness of a Jesus follower this semester, yeah. Yeah. the distinctness of the church. Like how different is that? Because they're probably expecting yeah. a little bit of what you're saying yeah. of like, mm-hmm. kick your shoes I, off. I'm shutting like, the room to my door. I'm turning on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Bring me. Dude, the food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's literally a TikTok about that where it's like all of these kids coming home for vacation, and they literally like throw their shoes off, and like their parents are like waiting there like to serve them, and it's like a joke. Michaela showed me that video, and I was like, "That's your everyday life." But the the, uh, (laughs) uh, it it is so it is so true though. Like you you come home, and it's like just yeah. stuff everywhere well, yeah. and I mean, it was my everyday life before i moved out yeah. <laughs> i didn't move out till i was married so do the math but anyway well, and if you think about it like it's their christmas break too like they're yeah, like they're also having time to rest and mm-hmm. so if you're just like but they get a fraction more. of the time off work that you do yeah, yeah. school yeah. Like, you get three days off when you're in the working world you get two and a half weeks off three and, a half and weeks, it's yeah. beautiful because they want to serve you yeah. like yeah. they do but it's like oh should we take that for granted, you know, where yeah. it's like, all right, well, if you want to serve me, I'll like let you serve me, you know. <laughs> but if we truly believe laundry. that, like, if we are Jesus followers, the yep. thing that actually begins to give us rest is when we get to serve and, and show sacrificial love to other people. Yeah. How how will we experience rest in a new way if we go home with a posture to serve our families? Yeah, I, I think another important distinction is uh, I think when we think of a break, um, we think of that in all aspects of our life. Like I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a break from school. I'm going to take a break from um, my spiritual growth. I'm going to take a break from my friends. I'm going to take a break from everything that's happening. Um, And, and that mindset I think is dangerous because um, 
what is going on in your heart and your mind is not mm-hmm. going to stop because you choose to stop paying attention to it. Yeah, so like when you go to break, when you go into break and, and you decide like, Hey, I'm just going to like, I'm going to take a break from, you know, spending time with the Lord. I'm going to take a break with like consistently allowing myself to be formed and shaped. Things are still happening inside of you. Yeah. And I think what happens a lot of times is students go back, go home for break um, and they stop guarding their hearts when that is one of the highest callings that we have is to like, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, and they come back and they wonder why they feel so set back. Uh, and it's because like break while it is a break from school and it's a break from like a lot of the things that cause chaos in our life. Uh, it is not a break from consistently growing with the Lord. Yeah. And if we treat it like that, we're going to come back in January and be like, what the heck? What yeah. was last semester for? Yeah. yeah. Darn. I feel like if we're intentional, like what you're saying, like with our time and like yeah. spending time in the word and then spending time like serving your family, mm-hmm. I feel like that leaves no room for isolation mm-hmm. and proximity to things yeah. that like you could be doing that are not great for you. Yeah. Um, and I think like spending that time either serving them or in the word, like it kind of brings you out of that and doesn't leave time yeah. for isolation and yeah, yeah. And, and service obviously looks more than just like cleaning the house and washing yeah. the dishes and folding laundry you know and i, I think we'll talk a little bit more about yep. that uh, yeah. today so that's good yeah. i i do think that it's valuable to to take hold of your parents perspective mm-hmm. especially just as we're like kind of centering around what does it look like to enter back into your home yeah. and that's not the entire conversation to your point you know jake but your parents probably like very, very likely. And I know there are some like unique situations with parents um, represented in the people, you know, that are listening right now, but in general, your parents are excited that you're home. Mm -hmm. They have missed you. They've tried to, especially for the freshmen who you were the first child to leave your house. Your parents have probably been in identity crisis for the past three and a half months of trying to figure out like, what do we do with our hands? Like, like, (laughs) I don't have to do all this laundry. Like there aren't Mm -hmm. any dirty dishes in the sink, you know, like, or or what's our conversation like, or when we go to dinner, it feels like part of our family's missing because you, to be fair, you, you you are missing. Mm -hmm. And this was a perspective that started to grow in my mind uh, when I started thinking about Christmas through like celebrating it with Lennon this year, because then like the thought dawned on me in 18 years, it will be so different. Like potentially in 18 years, she could be somewhere else, like in the world during Christmas because of something she goes and does. And like, that's an exciting thing for your parent as a parent. I'm like, oh man, if she grows up to do incredible things, what a, what a beautiful reality. But I can imagine if she's away for a couple months and she comes home for Christmas, that's the only thing I'm going to want to do. Yeah. is just spend time with her. Yeah. But she will probably interpret that as me trying to be controlling. Yeah. This would be a very interesting episode to listen to in 18 years. But uh, <laughs> the, the point that I'm trying to make and that I, the reason that I bring it up is just for a moment, whether you're driving home listening to this episode or whether you're sitting in your room or you're getting ready to leave town, wh- whatever your situation is, just take a moment and consider what might your parents' perspective be of the holidays and of your presence yeah, in their home. That's so good. Because if I had to imagine they are far more excited than they may show or that you may be able to sense due to a lot of different potential circumstances, yeah. just assume the best mm-hmm. and assume that they want the best for you. I think that's a great assumption that's great. to make. Yeah. And I think that there are intricate you know, situations around that. But I think that 
a beautiful part of the Christmas story that we've talked about a little bit, Luke chapter two, verse 19, is the declaration and the documentation that Luke kind of writes down of what Mary's posture, Jesus's mom, uh, what her posture was in the moment of Jesus's birth, like following his birth, the arrival of the shepherds, there's people in and out, they're, they're in the guest room, that they, they, they're not in the main part of the house, you know, leading us to believe they were potentially in a stable of some kind. Like you think about the the craziness of that situation. Like it's a, it's a really beautiful thing to think about the fact that Luke wrote down that she slowed down and looked at everything that was going on and she pondered those things in her heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a beautiful invitation for us as we navigate Christmas to go, there might be chaos, there might be drama, there might be tension, there might be disagreement, you know, there probably will be disagreement, you know, yeah. not only just in the faith context, the political context, the, you know, what color is that? Con- like, you, you know, all yeah. the different mm-hmm. things that kind of come up at, at the Christmas table sometimes with your family, especially your extended family. Like, what would it look like for you to just slow down and ponder all the things in your heart? Yeah. yeah. And to choose to see the good, right? Like Mary could have seen the bad. Mm-hmm. They were away from home. They were in the guest room. Nothing was going quite right, like in the way that the baby was, you know, not conceived of natural, you know, events. Like there's a lot of different variables that she could have been stressed about. And I love the way that Luke wrote that down. It's like, no, she she slowed down for a minute and she pondered those things in her heart. I think that that's quite an invitation for all of us, us included, right? 100%. Uh, For us to do that during Christmas because that will make us distinct in a contagious way and reveal and demonstrate the love of Jesus. Uh, so what an invitation, I think, as we like start the conversation into three big things uh, that I think we can all do uh, as we navigate Christmas. And the first is this, is to seek first to understand, not to be understood. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's actually a principle that comes out of a book that I love, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, a guy named Stephen Covey. Uh, talks about the importance of that in just your everyday interpersonal relationships. And I I love that principle because it invites me to serve even with my, you know, my posture or my belief or the things that I'm like holding true. But it's a challenge. <laughs> like because we live in a world that like we we want to be understood first. It's like, no, I know something that you don't, or I feel a way yeah. that you don't feel. You need to understand me in order for us to be on good terms. But actually the gentle and humble way of Jesus actually says, no, when I enter into a relationship, I'm actually gonna seek first to understand the person on the other side. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness that Jesus did that, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he came and walked in human skin and like understood our experience and then he handled it. Yeah. Like, what does it look like for us to take that posture? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such like a, a good, um, like thought, thought provoker uh, of, the idea of, okay, I'm not going to go in and make other people understand me in order yeah. to be on good terms. Um, I think that like that breeds this sense of entitlement of, I, I need to be understood. I, my way and, and the way that I see things, the way that I want to do things, the way that what I want needs to like come through. And, and my family, my friends, my people around me need to like know where I'm at. Yeah. Um, that is a very, um, egocentric view mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that what you believe and in, in what you think, even if it's true, even if it's like based in truth, even if it's like what Jesus has taught, 
um, that saying like you need to understand me first is is very like it's very dangerous ground and um, that gives way to a lot of entitlement and um it starts to like harden our hearts to other people around us because yeah. like if we're gonna go home and we're gonna like uh, want our family or our parents or our friends to understand like hey this is what i believe now this is who i am this is what i have learned um like yes there's there's those conversations that's beautiful if it's entered into of like oh we're going to understand each other um if you're entering break with the perception that now everybody else needs to know what you know or believe what you believe or think what you think um i just think that's going to cause a lot more division than unity um and when it is time to speak the truth like if if you're having a conversation with someone maybe who doesn't know jesus or you want to help um help them like understand your perspective if you go in expecting them to want that as well and it's going to cause a lot of tension yeah. and it's going to cause more division in your friendships and your family relationships than than the other way around of yeah. wanting to know them first yeah, yeah. i uh, i keep the quote like people people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. um very, like very near and dear to when i like try to navigate conversations um because if they if that person that i'm talking to does not understand fully the way that i feel for them then my conversation and what i know and what i'm trying to tell them really isn't isn't gonna yeah. hit like yeah. they're really not gonna listen to that and uh i i also think about what you say and I, i'm sure we've talked about on the podcast before but um is that like marriage you talk about in marriage but like marriage is a race to the back of the line uh it's like who can get to the back of the line first but i really think this is like it it applies in all relationships it's like who are we going to be willing to go to the back of the line even if someone isn't racing us to the back of the line Mm -hmm. um it's like are we constantly going to the back of the line first and then are we also like are we like washing people's feet are we like yeah. getting down on our knees and 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 serving other people and and the the quote I have seen to be true as well is that um, when you take form as a servant, people start treating you like a servant, yeah. uh, and that is a hard reality. But uh, I think that it is the way that we're called. Yeah. So are we going to continue to serve no matter someone else's uh, perspective or their response to our service? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think good. for, for me is like when I enter into conversations and when I was like coming in with my, um, my new change in perspective, cause when I came to college, my, like my life changed, yeah. uh, like when I experienced Jesus in the way that I did for the first time in college, I came home and my parents could tell yeah. that there was something mm-hmm. radically different about my life. And it was not. Uh, because of the things that I was telling them, it was because of the things that I was doing, the ways that I was acting and the ways that I was different because of it. Um, And so I think, I think that is like the posture that is going to be the posture that changes other people's perspectives uh, is whenever you come in from like a truly from a like sacrificial perspective where it's like, how can I best serve this person and love this person and enter into conversations so gracefully and not trying to defend you know, like yeah. defend my viewpoint. Um, yeah. and that is going to take the entitlement completely out. Yeah. Like it, if it's, if it's about you, like if it's about I, like, Oh, mm-hmm. I feel this way. And so they need to understand this. Uh, it, it just isn't going to go well in the, the way that you yeah. try to deliver or help someone see your perspective. Especially yeah. whenever like you grew up your whole life, and uh, I think for me, like you grew up your whole life, <laughs> uh, especially when you uh, when you like grew up in your home and your parents raised you, and then yeah. you like come back into that setting and you're like, all right, let me tell you, 
what's yeah. going on you know <laughs> they're like bro what are you talking about sure you know yeah. especially if they come in with a posture to serve you and you're like just trying to change your perspective it's like yeah. maybe you shouldn't talk like that it's like dude yeah that's not gonna help you know yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also important to remember like during that time that you've grown at college and like the months and the weeks that you were like learning and growing and developing, like mm-hmm. they also were learning and exactly. growing and like learning things. And so like coming in just like, okay, this is what I've learned. This is what we need to work on. Yeah. Like they also yeah. have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think like, I just love that verse of Mary, like sitting and pondering things because that means that she wasn't the one mm-hmm. like talking about a bunch of things. Like she had to like receive it mm-hmm. and like sit yeah. there and like actually ponder like it wasn't her pondering the things yeah. that she was thinking about mm-hmm. it was pondering the things that were brought that's to good, her yeah. um and i think that's just really important to like you can't ponder if you're not receiving what yeah. the person is yeah. saying i wonder what the difference in our perspective of break would be if we realized that break is not about us like it's not it doesn't have to just be about us and mm-hmm. what we need and what we want and what we think our break should look like Wait, what if we went into break and said how am i gonna how am I going to receive from the Lord and give away what I receive from the mm-hmm. Lord in a way that like is for break, other people? Yeah, yeah. What if break isn't for me? What if it's about the work that the Lord wants to do through me? Yeah. I just feel like it'd be so different. It would be so different. Yeah. And then the, the pondering things like when Mary ponders things, that is where she is experiencing and finding rest. Like she's experiencing and finding rest and, and uh, God's spirit in that moment. Like he is meeting her there in the, in the yeah. pondering and the hard things. That is where she's experiencing rest. She's not experiencing rest uh, in the like, all right, I'm going to kick off the shoes and watch some Netflix. Turn the know? brain off. Yeah. 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 So uh, it is. She's experiencing rest when she begins to shift yeah. her perspective off herself and onto other people. And I think God is like meeting her in that spot. Yeah, that's really Which good. Which isn't passive. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so counterintuitive in, yeah. in our culture. Uh, one thing I love that you were talking about in the way that when you when you are serving, sometimes you get treated like a servant, Jake. I think that that's such a critical point to remember. To your point, Jenna, like when you when you go, if you were to go home and make yourself, you know, about make your life and existence about what God wants to do through you more than what you simply you know receive or get. I often think about how like with growth, if you want to grow, there's always going to be a cost. Mm -hmm. If you want to grow physically, if you want to have a healthier lifestyle, you're not going to be able to eat certain things. You're going to have to go to the gym. I went this morning and it like costed me time. Like I wanted to spend time with the Lord this morning. It costed me time. It was, it was a good thing to pay for, you know, Mm -hmm. so to speak. But anytime that you serve somebody, it's going to cost you something. It's going to, it's going to cost you the perception of being right or having your comfort or having the last word. Like Mm -hmm. maybe that's just the thing, like just surrender the right to have the last word. When when you're in a conversation with somebody and you don't really understand where it's going fully and you, you, it's getting tense and it's getting, you know, dramatic. Just say, I just mumble underneath your breath where they can't hear you. Don't be passive aggressive about it, but just say, I don't have to have the last word. Like Mm -hmm. this conversation can end. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be right because I know that Jesus is right mm-hmm. and Jesus is going to redeem all things yep. at the end of the story. Every knee bows and every tongue confesses that the Lord is yeah. good. And he and doesn't th- need me to it, win this argument. Right. Does, <laughs> right. Right. I think he's got it right. Yeah. If yeah. the universe is still growing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I think he can handle yeah. that one situation. Now that doesn't mean that you should be passive and not share what you believe or share yeah. what you're growing. Like that, that would be an oversimplification 
oversimplification of yeah. what mm-hmm. that idea would be. But for sure. I think that kind of spills directly into the second main idea and it's choose gentleness and humility. Mm-hmm. And there's an asterisk here that we want to recognize. If you are going to choose gentleness and humility, you must prepare to be gentle yes. and humble. Yeah. That is yeah. not something that in the midst of a family tension, you know, filled moment or a dynamic you're uncomfortable with that you're just going to stumble upon. Yeah. That is something you've got to prepare your heart for and to prepare your mind for. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, like I need to prepare for that. Yeah. And I think that that could be something we could just go, Oh, well I'll I'll think about it in the moment. And if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we actually forsake the identity of Jesus that he calls us into in the way of the way that he describes himself in Matthew chapter 11. I love it. He, he says, come to me, all of you, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, such as tension in your family at Christmas, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And yeah. I love that invitation. And I think it's an invitation we should we should pick him, you know, take him up on, yeah. like as we enter into Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that's really good. I think also like to to go off of that, you're you are still picking something up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not just a um, oh, I'm just gonna you know check out and be passive <laughs> as I operate within this world. Because no, like we we are called to like pick up the yoke of Christ. Um, and the reason that it's so light is because now the results don't depend on us mm-hmm. because if we go in and we say, okay, this is how I'm going to operate in the world. This is what I'm going to think and believe and do. Then you, it's all on you to figure mm-hmm. out how things are going to turn out. Yep. That's that your, your family relationships, your friendships, everything. It's all you, you are the one that's going to fix things, make things right. Do things like you are the one bearing the weight of Christ is saying like, I'm, I'm going to do the work you've laid out in front of me. I'm going to live the life that you've called me into, but I'm going to trust you mm-hmm. to help me reap what I sow. Like I'm yeah. going to trust you to like be the one that's going to follow through with that. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not a passive thing. Mm-hmm. It's an active thing, but it's so much better mm-hmm. <laughs> because it takes a lot of the pressure off of us to yeah. make everything else go smoothly. That's good. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the times when you hear gentleness and humility, like you think of like quiet mm-hmm. and yeah, kind of like with what you're saying, like, I think it is like we could take gentleness and humility and like almost take that as like an out of like, okay, I'm going to be mm-hmm. gentle and humble. So yeah. I just don't need to be in this conversation yeah. or maybe I just don't need to bring up this thing with someone. Cause I know it won't be gentle yeah. or humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could, very easily be an out um, of just conversation or just spending time with people. Um, And I think that it's so important that like you can have conversations. It's just the posture of your heart has to be gentle and humble. Like, cause you could be screaming like Christmas songs and that's not gentle, but like that doesn't mean that it's bad. Like, (laughs) like you can be gentle and humble, but still be like loud. Like it, it's, I think that those quiet is not gentle and humble. I think that those are two very different things. It's the differentiation between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Peacekeepers um, are going to do whatever it takes in order to have no conflict arise. Peacemakers are going to 
persist through a conflict and like bring peace out of it. So you do that through gentleness and humility. Um, I also had another thought. Uh, there are no exceptions to how, who you treat like this. Um, there are no exceptions to, oh, well, this person really, I just don't agree with them or this person hurts my feelings when they do this, that, or the other. Uh, if Jesus died on a cross, um, if Jesus, uh, if Jesus was gentle and humble to the point of death and death on a cross, we don't get an exception for who we per, like can interact with, with yeah. gentleness and humility. Um, forgive them father for they know not what they do. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's not you don't get to choose who gets to be treated with humility. Yeah. You don't get to choose who you make peace with. Um, Jesus said to, to give that to all. Um, so we have to surrender our desire to bring justice onto people who we think wrong us. Uh, and we have to choose to be set apart and different. Mm. Yeah. Cause you're responsible for you. Yeah. You're not responsible for anybody else mm -hmm. in the way that they respond. Yeah. You're responsible yeah. for your, response and the way that you interact or the attitude that you choose. Yeah. <laughs> and cause I think that that could be a lost idea. I, I know it is for me from time to time. I'm like, Oh, well I'm just going to feel the way that I feel or, you know, take on the attitude that I have because my circumstances, you know, aren't very good. And all I end up doing is just mirror what I feel yeah. or mirror what is happening to me. Yeah. And it's actually like, I'm a victor mm -hmm. in Jesus's eyes. Like I get to do life with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. That's what I'm celebrating at Christmas. Like I should be pretty, I should be pretty pumped about that. Like yeah. that, that should transform my perspective from the inside out mm -hmm. yeah. and, and align my response in the way right. that I treat other people. Right. You've been reading Gentle and Lowly, the book. Yeah. Don't ask me anything though, because I you're still processing. Well, it's it. only I'm only a chapter <laughs> in, so <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I do love the the invitation of Jesus in that where he's talking about come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. I, I love the word rest there because when you track it back, uh, you actually find that he's quoting out of Exodus chapter 33. Uh, in the story of Moses and God's conversation about moving towards the promised land. Mm -hmm. And the Hebrew word for rest in that is nuach, which is N-U-A-C-H. Oh. And that word actually ties all the way back to the same root word that Noah from Noah and the ark comes from. Come on. Uh, but you actually find that it's less about plopping down on the couch kind of rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually about a following kind of rest. Right. Because in Exodus Something. 33, like God's being pretty clear with Moses. It's, it's right after God's like, you're a stiff necked people. Y'all just go ahead because you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. I've given you some clear instructions and you, you keep going in your own direction. So if you want to walk on your own strength, essentially go ahead. Go for it. And Moses is like, no, 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 no. Like, I, no, God, like, I, just you, we you, need you, 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 you gotta go with us. <laughs> and I love the way that the, it, it says in verse 14, it says, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. And then later down in, in chapter 34, verse 11, he says, but listen carefully to everything I command you today. And then I will go ahead of you and drive out all the different people that were inhabiting that country and mm -hmm committing crimes against humanity actually when you when you look into the stories of the people that inhabited people often get frustrated where they when they think about god um working against humans in that story of the people of israel moving into yeah. the promised land but actually when you look at and you compare and contrast uh the ethic of the nation of israel underneath the hebrew law 
the old covenant, uh, compared to everybody else's system in the world, it's, it's distinctly different. People were treated, slaves and servants were treated way better underneath the Hebrew law than any other world order of that time. Uh, so you think about, it's like God's priority is people. God's priority is the well-being of his people. He's trying to raise up a nation to be an example, to bring his blessing to the world through. And he's saying like, I will give you rest by the way that you follow me. Mm-hmm. Like if you do what I say to do, it's not just because I want you to do that. It's because there's a better way to do that. It's not a free for all. Like there's actually a, a, a design and an intent that dates all the way back to the days of Eden that I need you to take hold of. Yeah. So it's like my yeah. prayer for Christmas for all of us is that we would, we would get the Nuak kind of rest yeah. where we, where we can look back and we can tell a story similar to Noah, that he was faithful to the very end. He did, he built a boat when there was no rain and there was no reason for a boat, but it was what God asked him to do. So that was where he found his assurance in life. And I think that we get it backwards a lot of times, but I think Mm -hmm. that choosing the posture of gentleness Mm. and humility uh, is actually following the directive of Jesus rooting it back to the old covenant in Exodus 33, bringing it to our present day reality in 2022. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, true rest typically takes work. Like true, finding true rest is going to take work. And in that, it's like, are we going to trust God with the work that we're putting in uh, to to believe that on the other side, there will be the rest that he promises? Uh, So are we going to like trust that? that It's a a step of faith. It is. It really is. So that's great. The, I think the rest of the Lord is to give us comfort, comfort, not make us comfortable. Yeah. Um, it requires something from you. Uh, he's like meeting you there and he's giving you comfort in the moment. And he's reminding you that you're not walking alone, that the burden yeah. you bear is not alone, but he's not just going to say, all right, yeah, enjoy this field. You're going to stay here forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, he, he calls us into perpetual movement, not not to like stay comfortable. Yeah. Um, the walk with Jesus is surely going to be uncomfortable and surely going to be painful. He promises us that. But what he also promises us through his rest and his his spirit is comfort. Yeah, that's good. I love the analogy. I've heard it so many different times in different contexts. I think it actually comes from a worship school, 10,000 fathers and mothers that some of our team have gone to. Uh, and it's the idea of like, is your life a river or is it a swamp? The swamp has no movement in it, right? It's stagnant water and it has mud and all kinds of disgusting things, mosquitoes and snakes and all these things that everybody's sketched out about. But you think about a river and it's like water is moving Mm -hmm. in a, in a specific direction within confounds. And it's fresh. Right. Like it's, it's, it's limited to a specific space, which is what allows there to be movement and therefore allows there to be momentum. And through that momentum, you find life and trees and wildlife and beautiful pieces of nature are like often associated with a a riverbank. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the question for me and the question for everybody listening, the question for all of us is like, is our life getting a little swampy? Mm -hmm. Like, do we, do we need some like fresh movement of, of God's love in our life? Or is it looking more and more like a life-giving river? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and what what's the source of water for our you know proverbial you know life's river? Yeah, it's God's word. It's yeah, Jesus. It it, it's mm-hmm. 
truth, it's grace. It, and I love the grace and truth are the two things that it's made clear that that's what Jesus came to bring. He brought, he brought grace and he brought truth mm-hmm. and you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And I love that idea of going, okay, we've got a few weeks of downtime. Mm-hmm. How do we like steer into God's grace and steer into God's truth along the way? So I think the, the final idea ties directly to that and it's to stay consistent and committed to your time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the two words are so important is consistent, like make a goal that is attainable. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard a few people go like, I'm gonna read my entire Bible over the course of Christmas. Good and luck. it's like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Not gonna do anything else. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> great. I think you can do it in 72 hours is, is, is what I've, <laughs> I can't. I wonder how much of that you would actually retain. Yeah, if, if you're just reading it to read it, right? Uh, but it's like, okay, that that maybe that maybe that works out. I, I I'm not sure. Uh, my my thing would be, well, what would be attainable? Is like, could you could you commit to reading, you know, your Bible and journaling three days a week? Could you commit to praying for five minutes every day or two minutes every day? Or when you get in your car and you sit behind your steering wheel, is there is there a word that you could put on your your dash, or is there a verse that you can memorize just by saving it as your lock screen? Like, what could you do to be consistent? But also, you know, Jenna, you added this yesterday. It's like, what would it look like for you to be really committed to your time with the Lord? And I think that ties back to every other piece of the conversation that we've had today. When it gets hard, Mm -hmm. when there's opportunities to divert, when there's opportunities to just be stagnant and allow your, your life to become more like a swamp than a river, remain committed. Yeah. Uh, and that will be hard, but it will be worth it. Yeah. yeah. I uh, When I think about this idea, actually, Maddie, like, showed me the scripture from the beginning. I don't That's know good. how, like, uh, how often she talks about it, but it has been so impactful to the way that I view my walk with Jesus. But it's this vision that um, Ezekiel has in Ezekiel 47. And uh, it's like this dream where uh, there's, like, a, a person that is guiding him through a river. Uh, and as he they go forward and, and further into the river, uh, it gets deeper. Uh, and it gets more vast and it gets a little bit more choppy and a little bit more scary. Uh, but whenever it gets scary, I, the, the person that's guiding Ezekiel calls him back to, uh, the bank and and on the bank, you see the fruits of the ways that the trees and the life, uh, that is happening uh, from the river and participating in the river. Like he gets to see the fruit and it is very similar to what Jenna is saying is like, there is work. Uh, and I believe that we will find rest when we follow Jesus. And this person is Jesus. Like this is the the vision that he is having is Jesus is leading him through the waters. He leads him back to the bank whenever things get chaotic and scary and hard. He leads him back to the bank. He experiences the life that is going on uh, and the fruit. He gets to see some of the fruit but he doesn't get to stay necessarily on the bank. Mm. Uh, he, the, he calls him back into the deep water and continues to push forward and move forward into the deep rivers. And I think this is like the beautiful part that we get to participate when we go home, but just in our everyday walk. But I think we really get to see it in our, in our time home is that Jesus is going to lead us through these waters and there are going to be places where it's going to get vast and scary and deep and choppy and, and, are we going to find the time where we're going to go back to the bank and we're going to rest and then we're going to get called back into the deeper water and we're going to push forward and move forward. But this is the consistency. Are we going to be committed uh, and consistent in our time with the Lord? 
where we get to experience the rest in the midst of the chaos where he is trying to call us back to the bank to say, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm well pleased in the things that you're doing that that's going to continue to push us forward into the scary, vast and choppy parts of the water uh, in the midst of the chaos that our, yeah. our our family or whatever is going on in our time at home, whether it's our family or or just like the natural kind of things that come back up because we're, we're unfamiliar with the culture um, now because we have experienced something so much more beautiful uh, through our time and overflow yeah. or whatever it is. So that's good. That's really good. I think a lot of the times whenever I think of like commitment, I think of like getting burnt out and like almost commitment starting to feel like a chore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's one thing to like kind of what you were going on, Carson, um, just like having different ways that you can stay committed to the word. Um, where you don't feel burnt out or it doesn't feel like a chore. Cause I know yeah. like in high school, I, like tried to get up every single morning and I was like, okay, every day I'm going to read like this much. And I just remember getting up and I was like, I really don't want to do this. Sure. Like, and I was just reading and I was like, all right, those were words on a page, like learned a little bit about a lineage, sure. but like, that's about it. Like it wasn't, yeah. and it started to just become um, just a chore or like a checklist. Mm -hmm. And I think that being committed in the word, like sometimes can very easily turn into that. Yeah. Um, but I think finding new ways, whether it's through yeah. worship or whether it is, which through the 12 days of Christmas, if you guys are going to be paying attention to that on the Instagram story, we're going to like give you guys some ways. But I think it is um, just very important to like kind of find what like works for you. Because yeah. um, sometimes my time spending with the Lord is talking with people um, about the Lord or like listening to worship. And it's not just solely going and just sitting and reading, um, but also don't lose the importance of going to your Bible and like reading scripture. Yeah. I mean, the reality of, uh, I think the reality of walking with Jesus or, or uh, the question to ask is, what do you want your life centered around? And if it's Jesus, uh, your life needs to be centered around Jesus. You need to center your life around Jesus yeah. um, in, in order to like, grow towards him and to be, become more like him and to um, see him more. You you need to sacrifice the time that you give to him. Uh, I've been reading through the gospels and this is said multiple times. Jesus says this multiple times, but in Luke 17, verse 33, it says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life and in other um, chapters, it says, whoever loses their life for my sake will preserve it or will keep it. Um, that doesn't mean dying always, <laughs> um, and for Jesus, what it means is giving up your life, your, the way that you live, the time that you have giving that for him, because that is where you're going to find it. If you want to live a life that is centered around Jesus, you need to give more of your life to Jesus. Um, good. and I think that comes in spending consistent and committed time with him, um, not not just reading your Bible, not just reading, you know, some words on a page, but spending time in his presence, pursuing him, going out on the waters, allowing him to guide you. Um, it takes work. It does take effort and it does take laying down what you want, what you what you want right now for what you want in the long term, which is a life with Jesus. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And you're going to find that in the quiet. Mm -hmm. And I love that connection to the story in first Kings 19, where it's, you know, there's, there's wind and then there's earthquake and then there's fire. And then in the, in the quiet, God spoke through a gentle whisper. Mm. 
And I think the thing that you can remain confident in is God is speaking to you. Absolutely. Like God has something specifically for you. You mm-hmm. carry part of his image. Therefore, he's got he's got an investment in you. <laughs> he he wants to talk with you. He wants to commune with you. The question is, are you going to let go enough of your life to take hold of it? Yeah. And that might be the noise. That might be the distractions. That might be Instagram. That might be TikTok. That that might be feeling like you have to respond to everybody who calls and texts you over Christmas break. And this is Mr. Everybody Always talking right now. <laughs> like this, it it might cost you something. And in fact, I'll, I'll say it differently. It it will cost you something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what will be returned back to you will be life and life to the full, right. John 10, 10. So I think that's a really beautiful place to kind of wrap up our conversation. Yeah. And uh, Anna Claire alluded to this a few minutes ago. We are going to be on Instagram every day for the next, oh, yeah. I guess, 11 days from the yeah, time of this recording, 10 days from the time of you hearing it. We're going to uh, see our faces every day. You'll, yes. Ready. And Jake's going to sing you a song. Every and day. it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> on the third A couple other things that we want you guys to know about is this is uh, our church is gathered uh, or is gathering together on Christmas Eve at 9, 11, 2, and 4. If you're out of town. Yeah. Uh, our broadcast will be up and going at all four of those times. So grab your family, grab your people, gather around. I'll actually be yep. on part of the broadcast. I'll, yes, sir. They, they, gave, they gave me the job of walking around on the patio talking to random people. So I'm, <laughs> That's going to be incredible. I'm, and we're going to make oh people find milk and cookies goodness. in the building. That do you have a sounds partner? so well, fun. It's going to like grab a random person Can and go that? find milk and cookies. Do you have a partner? Yeah, Dudley and I are doing it. Oh, so it's going to be super fun. <laughs> Shouts out to the dud. Shouts, Shouts out to the dud. And then our church <laughs> is going to release uh, a personal retreat right after Christmas that we encourage everybody to do. If you're looking for a guide to spending some com- consistent and committed time with the Lord yeah. uh, and to reveal what you're holding on to most, uh, the personal retreat is probably going to be convicting, mm. but life-giving. Ooh. And yeah. I think that you should definitely, definitely take a step towards that. And yes. then January 1st, our church oh. is releasing a video uh, describing a lot of the different things that God did in the life of our church this year. And Perry Green, our care pastor, is yeah, on the show. Yeah. We're going to hear from our other campus pastors yeah. from the other locations of the church on that video. So lots of things to be excited about that. And then January 3rd, at 6.45 Dude, in the morning. walking calendar. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, this is good. 135 of us are leaving the parking lot and we're headed yeah. to Atlanta, Georgia Passion. for Passion Lutheran, Conference. So, <laughs> the favorite Jesus. Yeah. The Jesus. So uh. then we'll be back on January 5th. And then what's happening on January 10th? We're so back at Overflow. Overflow. Jake had to check his calendar. January 10th, <laughs> Tuesday night. Oh, be man. there. We're going to start a series that night called Freed to Fight. Ooh. So Ooh. don't, Come ready. don't miss Let's it. Go. Don't miss it. <laughs> I'm so excited. What, Jane? No. no. I'm sweating thinking uh, about sweating it. Sweating thinking about it. <laughs> really excited. All right. I think it's just hot in here. I love you guys. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not just talking to you guys. I'm talking to those of you that are listening. That's yeah. Nice. We Thank love you, you guys. Listening. Yeah. We love you guys. Thank y'all. For <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. Thank y'all. Yeah. Uh, we understand like the difficulties that kind of come with going back home. Yeah. Uh, so 
make sure you're reaching out to your, your people here in Wilmington or your friends if you're listening somewhere else uh, to keep them updated with yeah. where you're at, what's going on. Account- accountability is going to be super crucial in this place. Uh, and then also just consistency, consistency in the word. It's yeah. going to be the connected, thing. consistent, and committed. Oh there my go. goodness. There Boom. you go. Off. Thank you. The big three. Seek first to understand, mm-hmm. not be understood. Choose gentleness and humility. Humility. Mm-hmm. Go in with a plan for both of those things. Yeah. Don't just Facts. assume it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And stay consistent and committed uh. to time with the Lord. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. We love you guys. Peace out. Have a holly jolly <laughs> Christmas in case you didn't hear. Oh.